There's no such thing as guilty pleasures, only pleasures. And I think Van Helsing Prep is a real pleasure. You've seen it? Yes, in your character, it's reminiscent of Tess of the D'Urbervilles. Thank you. And welcome to an all-new episode of No Guilty Pleasures, a pop culture podcast. I'm your host, little-known cartoonist, (laughs) Ken Holtzhauser. And today we're going to go through some of the back alleys of pop culture and find pleasure in some of the strangest of places. So please, join us on this journey. Let's go! Hello and welcome to an all new episode of No Guilty Pleasures, a pop culture podcast. I remain your host, little known cartoonist Ken Holtzhauser. And today I'm in a musical mood, and I'm thinking about one of my um, one of my favorite movie musicals from the '60s that um, doesn't get a lot of attention, um, but maybe it should, especially if you were ever a fan of the television series Mad Men. I present to you how to succeed in business without really trying. I think I got the whole picture. Now the question is what to do and who to do it to. Wally, before you make any hasty decisions, I'd I'd like to say a few words. About what? About, well, about humanity. Now look, even though we're all part of the cold corporate setup, deep down under our skins, this flesh and blood, we're all brothers. But some of us are uncles. Now you may join the Elks, my friend, and I may join the Shriners, and other men may carry cards as members of the diners. Still others wear a golden key or small Greek letter pin, but I have learned there's one great club that all of us are in. There is a brotherhood of man. A benevolent brotherhood of man. A noble tie that binds all human hearts and minds into one brotherhood of man. Your lifelong membership is free. Keep giving each brother all you can. Oh, aren't you proud to be you see it's a well it's a funny little old musical now isn't it um i as mentioned on the show before i am fascinated by the 1960s a period i was born into but never really a part of and one of the things that has um, shown the real shift in our culture between the 60s and today is their attitudes towards women and business uh, in life in general. And uh, if you uh, felt that Mad Men was a way of expro- exploring how much times have changed, boy, oh boy, this is the movie for you. How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying was a Broadway smash in 1961-62. Actually, I think it opened October 14th, 1961. 
and had uh, 1,417 performances, including winning the 1962 Tony Award for Best Musical and Book and was nominated for Best Score. Robert Morse won the Tony for Best Actor in a Musical. And Robert Morse, for those who were waiting for the connection to Mad Men, played enigmatic weirdo Burt Cooper on the show, mostly because the the, uh, creators of the show were big fans of this musical. The musical also featured uh, Rudy Valley and Sammy Smith, both of whom, as well as Morse, will play their parts again in the subsequent film version. The film is what I'm talking about now from 1967. Beautiful, beautiful encapsulation of this time period. The sets are huge and really colorful. The cast are all smartly dressed. Uh, Bob Fosse did play a role in the uh, choreography of this particular musical. So the musical numbers have a lot of uh, jump and verve. And then, of course, uh, having Nelson Riddle and his orchestra providing you with uh, the the backing music will always make your movie a little bit more swing in 60s, even though one of the characters, uh, Miss Jones, uh, her entrance cue is the same theme that Nelson Riddle composed for the Penguin in the 1960s Batman TV series. So that was a little jarring for me. Uh, but otherwise, um, the movie itself... Uh, is about a young, ambitious man named J. Pierpoint Finch. And he buy, he's a window washer who buys a paperback book at a kiosk called How to Succeed in Business and uses step-by-step through the book to rise from window washer to chairman of the board of Worldwide Wicket Company in a matter of days. Uh, there actually was a paperback book, a self-help book called How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, uh, although the full title was How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, The Dastard's Guide to Fame and Fortune by Shepard Mead. So that book came out in the um, in the early 50s, so it definitely would have been a paperback by the time that the Tony award-winning musical was staged and subsequently in the film. The film also features uh, Michelle Lee. Uh, making her uh, motion picture debut, and uh, I remember Michelle Lee mostly from 1980s primetime soap operas, so it was interesting to see her here. The the songs are are fun, they're catchy, um, there's a lot of sexist attitude on display, but as you watch, you notice... This movie is making fun of the corporate mentality, and it's making fun of sexism, and it's making fun of a lot of that stuff. It's um, the the performances are just arch enough that you know that you're in on the joke. Um, Robert Morris, in particular, uh, kind of overplays everything that he does, especially when he's being a con artist. He overplays it very broadly as to make sure that all of the rest of us can be in on the joke. We're all supposed to watch and go, oh, here he goes again. There goes Finch, or Ponty, as uh, Michelle Lee calls him. Robert Morse is is really winning in this part, which, obviously, he won a Tony, so winning is the apt description. But when it came time to make a movie, uh, the producers of the film wasted absolutely no time beating a path to Dick Van Dyke's door. (laughs) 
And when you look at the movie, you can see that Dick Van Dyke um, and Janet Lee would have been very good in this film, um, sort of recreating the magic from Bye Bye Birdie. But um, Dick Van Dyke, of course, and told the producers, one, he was far too old to play young Jay Pierpoint Finch, and two, if you're going to do a movie based on this musical, you should hire the guy that won the awards for doing it. So, somewhat reluctantly, I'm sure, in Hollywood standards, they went to Robert Morris, who recreated his role in a smashing way. There were a few other people who had expressed an interest in it. I know that uh, Tony Randall was in the field for a little while, and um, Tony Curtis really, really wanted to star in this movie. But Tony Curtis was definitely too old for the role, and uh, they had to break it to him rather gently. Um, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying actually won the Pulitzer Prize for Drama in 1962. There's only been nine musicals that won that Pulitzer Prize in Drama, one per decade from the 30s to the 90s. So, prestigious company. It is a savage kind of takedown. And And the... Corporate characters are all such cartoonish buffoons that it's easy to see them all get their comeuppance and not feel terribly bad about it. Rudy Valley is um, the main uh, adversary of the film. He is uh, he is the uh, the chair or not the chairman of the board. He is uh, the CEO, and he um, he's well. If you've ever seen Rudy Valley in anything, he's playing it in a very Rudy Valley way. But he's he's definitely that um, that uh, just living in his office, chasing the secretaries kind of a fella. Um, Rudy Valley is um, is very good in it. He was, for those who don't know, a huge recording star in the 1920s. Huge. He was the Frank Sinatra of his day, which. Uh, the um, How to Succeed in Business really kind of boosted his career, which is a good thing for him, not necessarily a good thing for the people around him. At one point, (coughs) he was on Batman. Everything in the 60s seems to come to Batman, doesn't it? And um, he played um, an evil villain, Lord Fogg, in three of the longest episodes you'll ever watch of the show. He's... Um, he's not a very good Batman villain. And according to everybody who was on the program with him, he was a stuck up pain in the neck. So go easy on old stars or go easy on today's stars when it comes to it, because they're eventually going to become Rudy Valley themselves. I want to mention just briefly my disappointment that they kept most of the Broadway cast, but they didn't keep Charles Nelson Riley, and that's that's a darn shame because uh, I would have really enjoyed seeing him in the film. Otherwise, as I've said before, it's a time capsule. It's making fun of corporate structure. It's making fun of sexism. It's making fun of um, ruthless ambition for the sake of ambition, and uh, it looks really smashing while it does it. You'll recognize almost everybody in the cast from every 1960s sitcom you've ever watched. Uh, I sit and watch the movie and I go, 
Oh, that guy was in The Monkees. That guy was in Batman. That guy was in Genie. Oh, that girl was in The Monkees for sure. Oh, that guy was in... And, and it went like that. There's several cast members that you just can't help but point to and go, Aha! Saw that person before. And... Um, I don't know. These kinds of things just warm my heart. This is 1967, all shiny and ready for you. How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying has been revived on Broadway many times. Very recently revived with Daniel Radcliffe in the lead. Um, And before that, Matthew Broderick. And uh, even Ralph Macchio took a shot. Uh, he was in the touring company of How to Succeed back in the 90s, and um, I, I imagine he was a pretty interesting guy in there. Uh, there's actually a little bit of Ralph Macchio coming up in a future episode of No Guilty Pleasures, so stay tuned for that, all you Karate Kid fans. Otherwise, I urge you to see How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. It's on Amazon Prime right now, and um, the uh, the musical numbers are readily available on YouTube if you look for them. I can't recommend it enough, but then I have a real sweet tooth for this kind of thing. And I remain your humble little-known cartoonist, Ken Holtzhauser. We'll see you next time for another all-new episode of No Guilty Pleasures, a pop culture podcast. Looking for something new and exciting in comics? Perhaps that other dynamic duo, The Quick and the Dad. It's a love letter to the DC, Marvel, Archie, and Harvey comics of my youth. Available now in print and digital from IndiePlanet.com. Within the pages of The Quick and the Dad, you will find supervillains, dad jokes, strange, exciting worlds, really goofy supervillains, and bad puns. I promise. Each issue will delight and confound you in equal measure. And it's available now in print and digital from IndiePlanet.com.